we've been talking about how to be led by the Spirit of God, and yesterday we talked about um, prophets and prophecies, and uh, we also talked about how to how to judge prophecies and how to discern uh, prophets, uh, legitimate prophets and illegitimate prophets. And uh, we we went further to discuss how we can actually discern between you know right and wrong or you know right and wrong prophecies and uh, you know uh, prophets that are genuine and prophets that are not genuine. And we said that simply because somebody makes a prediction that doesn't come to pass doesn't mean that they are false prophets. It takes a lot more than a false prediction to be a false prophet uh just the same way making a right prediction doesn't make you a you know a genuine prophet making a wrong prediction doesn't make you a false prophet it takes a lot more than that and uh we we saw that basically the same parameters are used to judge both prophecies and prophets the first one is the word of god and then the second one is the the witness of the holy spirit in us you know, uh, the same way we judge, the same way we judge uh, prophecies, is the same way we judge or discern prophets using the same tools: the Word of God, and uh, you know, the, the Spirit of God. That's the the, the inward witness. Okay, uh, something I wrote down after yesterday, just a, a quick summary of something that I wrote. You know, I wrote this down, and uh, if you're writing down, you can take it. It says some prophecies require a change in routine. Some require maintaining a routine, okay? It is important for us to discern the, the differences. Some prophecies require a change in routine. So a prophecy comes and then you know that, okay, for the, in order for this to come to pass, I need to change certain things, okay? But there are certain other prophecies that in order for them to come to pass, you have to keep doing what you have been doing, okay? Wisdom now is being able to discern the difference between them. All right, so today we are looking at who is leading you. And, uh, you know, it sounds like, I don't know, it sounds a bit funny, but the truth is, at every point in time, every decision we make, we are being led by something or someone. Okay? Every decision we make at every point in time, we are being led by something or someone so if you are not being led by the Spirit of God you are definitely being led by something else or someone else and it's not as simple as if you are not being led by God you are being led by the devil no it's not it's not as simple as that it's not black and white there's a whole gray area and we're going to be looking into some of that I am not saying these are all of them but uh, these are the ones that the Spirit of God revealed to me and laid in my heart so um, today we're gonna let's let's look at Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 and then we will look at uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, lean not lean not to thine own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path you see god is interested in every area of our lives he's not just interested in 
the spiritual areas of our lives he's interested in every area of our lives and uh you know i i, I i'd like to say this that learning to be led by the spirit of god is arguably one of the most important things we can learn as believers in our lives there are certain important things that we need to learn as believers we need to learn to pray we need to learn to study the word of god and we need to learn to hear god or to be led by the spirit of god it is very 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 important it's not just there's a difference between hearing god and being led by the spirit you can hear god i mean uh satan hears god right when god speaks he hears okay uh demons hear god but they are not being led by the spirit of god so uh as much as we are talking some of the things we are talking about involve hearing god the most important thing we are focusing on is actually living a spirit-led life because you can hear from god and not be led by the spirit of god okay so it's important that we we separate them okay so being led uh, hearing from god does not automatically mean that you are being led by the spirit of god yes it's important that we learn to hear from god but then being led is a completely different thing because you can hear from god and disobey okay and uh, i mean the bible is actually god speaking to us every day so everybody gets to hear from god at one point or the other but do we follow you know those things so um being led by the spirit of god is a little bit more delicate than just hearing god okay so um like like i said earlier that you know learning learning to follow the leading of the spirit is arguably one of the most important things a believer can ever learn okay proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 like we read earlier says trust in the lord with all thine heart lean unto thy own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths now you don't trust god with your head you think with your head okay you don't trust god with reasoning you 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 think you think with your head you don't trust god with reasoning you trust god with your heart so it says uh trust in the lord with all your heart and uh romans chapter 10 verse 10 says with the heart man believes unto uh unto righteousness with the mouth confession is made unto salvation so believe that the heart is the seat of faith we believe with the heart we trust with the heart uh just like um jesus said in mark eleven twenty four 24 that uh you know whatsoever things you desire when ye pray believe in your heart that you receive them and you shall have them so the heart is where the believing is done not in your head like kenneth hagen will say you can have faith in your heart and doubt in your head and uh, for a while i found it difficult to understand and assimilate that but you know proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 helps us to understand that statement because uh, your understanding may, may be very contrary but then you still have faith in your heart okay so um, your, your head may not be able to to figure it out and say okay this and that and that and that but in your heart you know that you are doing the right thing so yes it is possible to have faith in your heart and doubt in your head so um our faith cannot be sense-based you can't you you, you can't uh, don't the, the, the bible does not say we should trust the lord with our mind or with our understanding it says we should trust him with our heart and when it says uh in all our ways we should acknowledge him basically uh, there are several ways that we we acknowledge god number one we have to acknowledge that god is there you know acknowledge that okay god i know you are here i know you are with me on this you know acknowledge his presence first of all first of all acknowledge that god is there and then secondly you need to acknowledge that god knows more than you 
okay uh, like i said when we started this series it is important to gather information it is important to find out all the all the facts and figures you know uh, it, all those things are important but uh, don't be led by statistics don't don't be led by uh, permutations okay like i said in one of the previous classes it's important to ask for direction yes there are times that God will voluntarily show you things and tell you things, you know, especially about the future. But, you know, if, if you are looking to hear from God and, you know, you're looking for direction and you're not getting anything, ask. The Bible says, ask and you will receive, okay? Uh, the Bible says in the book of James that ye have not because you ask not. So it is important to ask. It is important for us to know that God is interested in, in being involved in every area of our lives. Uh, like I said earlier when we started, he is not just interested in, in the spiritual aspects of our lives, okay? So some of us feel like, okay, when it has to do with spiritual things, I get God involved. But when it has to do with, you know, other things like how to raise my children, the school my children will attend, uh, who to marry, you know, God doesn't need, we don't need to bother God with things like that. We, can, we should only bother God. No, God is not bothered, okay? God wants to be involved in every area of our lives. The first time I studied in Cape Town, it was my first time in South Africa, and uh, I was trying to look for accommodation. I used gum tree. I used uh, uh, you know several several other you know websites and stuff like that, trying to search for accommodation, and it wasn't working very well. And uh, you know, I, I I stayed in a hotel the first uh, the first seven eight days the first seven eight days in in Cape Town. I stayed in a hotel, and it, it was costing me a lot of money. And then there was this place where some other students were like a private-owned hostel. It's called uh, West. Is it South Point? I think it's called South Point. Um, a private-owned hostel, you know, uh, two in a room or one in a room, and then the share kitchens and bathroom and toilets and really neat and tidy place. Really, really neat and tidy. And um, you know, my my classmates were like, you know, come and stay. And I said, no, I don't want to stay in a hostel. I told them I don't want to stay in a hostel. And I was still trusting God, you know, for for leading, for direction. And I checked, went to places, went for viewing, things like that. But it just wasn't working out. And I took I took some time to pray. And I told God, you know what? I need you to help me get a house. I need you to get me a place. Not just any place, but I want to be where you want me to be. And that night, I had a dream. <laughs> In the dream... I saw a room, like a studio apartment. I saw the color of the curtain. I saw the color of the of the bed sheet because I was looking for a furnished apartment. I didn't want to, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't want to start buying furniture. And then after a year, I'm looking to sell off the furniture. So I was looking for a furnished apartment. And I, you know, I, I just saw some basic details, uh, you know, the color of the curtain, the color of the, of the, of the duvet and a few other things, you know. And then the next day, I just went out, set, set out, you know, normally, and then, you know, the Spirit just, you know, impressed in my heart to call a particular guy, Toby Adegoke. He was, uh, he was in the school before, a year before me, and uh, we, we had discussed a little bit before I went to that school. He's in the U.S. now. And, and so I, I called Toby, who was back in Nigeria at that time. And I said, look, man, I'm, I'm having trouble with accommodation. And uh, especially because the time I went was January. And January is peak period. So it's usually difficult for, you know, to get a new place in January. And also, 
because it was like middle of the month or like around 14th 15th january even the places that i saw they were only going to be available at the beginning of february you know or at the end or at the end of february or at the beginning of march and so the deals were just not working out for me and so i called toby and he said well that there was a place he stayed uh that he was an old man uh that he was going to check his phone if he has the old man's number anyway long story short he found the old man's number uh, uh a really old man like in his 80s i don't even know if the man is still alive and uh he sent me the man's number i called the man the man asked me to come the place was just walking distance from the school it turns out uh the 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 rent was seven thousand three hundred uh, uh, three thousand seven hundred rands this was in 2011 3700 rands including utility bills which was a deal i did not get anywhere in fact most of the other deals i was getting were like 4000 5000 without utility without furniture okay so 3700 with utility bills close to the school i won't have to spend a penny like it was just like 3 minutes walk from the school okay opposite the the parliament in cape town but that's not where it's uh, you know that's not where it ends when we when i got there the man said that there were two apartments it, it was a uh it's a seven-story building uh with uh with three apartments on each floor okay and he said there were two apartments left and i should check them so there was one on the sixth floor there was one on the seventh floor which was the last floor we checked the one on the sixth floor as soon as i entered i had a witness in my spirit this is not the place the same building, same landlord, same design. I had a witness in my spirit, this is not the place. Okay, I told him, let's check the other one. And then we went upstairs, and as soon as he opened the door, room 702, as soon as he opened the door, and I saw the place, I saw the same curtain I had seen in my dream, I saw the same duvet I had seen in my dream, the same colors, and I just had a witness in my spirit, this is the place. Now, um... It, you know, I began to think, okay, it's the same landlord, it's the same deal. Why was God so specific about this room? And it wouldn't make any sense to me until several months later. I had two neighbors, both of them were ladies. Uh, one of them was a worker, one of them was a student. During my stay there, the the first one, uh, she, she she's a professional singer, she, she's an opera singer. The first one, she was already born again but she was having you know issues with her faith you know she had had experiences she had she had had a child outside of wedlock you know she was having all of these issues and you know god used me to get her filled with the holy ghost there was an infection on her feet while i laid hands on her for her to get filled with the holy ghost the infection dried up the next day she called me and told me and she said see this thing has dried up you know and uh you know she 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 began to get really you know i, I started giving her you know books kenneth hagen kenneth copeland and she began to grow really and to this very moment she's still stranging standing very strong in the faith the second one who was a zulu lady it was until three months for me to leave that uh i i i led her to christ okay <laughs> this lady met me one time and she said do you smoke i said no she said do you drink i said no do you do drugs i said no she said how do you get high i said well i get high on the holy ghost you know and she was just looking at me like this really weird guy because every evening she would come out to the balcony smoke drink and i'll talk with her you know just gist with her discuss stuff and she she was the one funnily that introduced me to joyous celebration which became a, a you know an ensemble that that has really blessed and influenced my music so i'm saying all of this for us to understand how you know um 
little little details like this god had seen god had seen the end from the beginning okay and uh he he directed me to that particular place even though it was the same building even though it was the same landlord um he knew that there were two neighbors that were going to both be a blessing to me and i was going to be a blessing to and i'm still in touch with both of them today and guess what the one i led to christ this Zulu lady she's still standing strong for god she's working in church today she's serving god and you know it's it's amazing and for me if that was the only reason i went to cape town for a whole year you know i i think it was worth it you see so it's very very important that we involve god in every little detail of our lives okay sometimes we go and look for a house and you know like i said get information get understanding but at the end of the day be led be led by the spirit of god because there are some little 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 fine details in our lives that you will never think of but god is seeing everything all at once okay even to the choice of car you buy you see, even to the choice of car you buy, I once heard Jesse Duplantis say that, well, you know, one time God told him, you've been buying cars for yourself. I want you to let me pick one for you this time around. And he said, okay, how do I know which one? God said, just go to the car dealer. So, 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 and so, got car dealer. He went to the car dealer and he was walking around and he was looking. And there were some other ones that he's based on his understanding, he liked, okay? And even the, the dealer was trying to market some other products to him, but he didn't have a witness in his spirit. And finally, he saw a particular Toyota product. It wasn't even a color that he liked. It wasn't the color that he liked, and the Spirit of God told him, this is the one. I, I watched Jesse Duplantis say this. He said, of all the cars he has ever driven in his life, that was the only car that he enjoyed from the day he bought it to the day he gave it out. It never gave him one headache. It never gave him one problem. So you see, God is interested in everything we do, even to the choice of, you know, so if we involve him, the, the, the thing is we think we think we are bothering God, but we are not. He wants to be involved because there are some of these little details. Your, your understanding is limited. Your, the, the level of information that we can acquire is very, very, very limited. Okay, so like I was saying, it is important that we acknowledge that God is there and we acknowledge that he is or he knows more than we do and then we should acknowledge that he wants to be involved in every area of our lives amen okay so um there is in walking with god and in being led you know by the spirit of god you know when we started the series i said it's important that we decide to be led okay and um just for those of us that may be taking notes i want you to write this this down make two quality decisions number one decide never to make decisions for people this is important decide now today we are going to be we're going to be you know we're going to be you know striking some nerves because uh, uh yeah we are going to be striking some nerves because we're each and every one of us are probably going to see areas that we are found wanting you know um but it's important we decide not to make decisions for people you can give them the available facts that you know personally if people come and meet me and ask for my counsel about something i tell them what i know both by understanding and what the spirit of god is telling me but at the end of the day i let them understand that it is their decision to make because 
whether it be good or bad, they are the ones that are going to face the consequences. So it is important that it is their decision. I have seen men of God prophesy people into relationships, and I have seen men of God prophesy people out of relationships. And, uh, you know, a lot of times ministers have, you know, have lost credibility because of things like this. I know of a prominent man of God in this country that made one of his worship leaders marry uh, somebody because the person was his friend, and he said the guy was a good guy. And it turned out that, you know, the, the guy was gay. As we are speaking now, the, the, the man and the lady are no longer together. You know, I don't want something like that on my conscience. So we need to decide, you know, that we will not make decisions for people. We can tell them what we know. We can tell them what the Spirit of God is revealing to us. But let the decision be theirs. Okay, and don't make it look like, you know, we need to take our ego out of the way. When I give people counsel, when I talk to people, I let them know it's a decision. You have the right to go against what I am saying. You know, let's not make it personal when people, you know, when people don't listen to us. Take your ego out of the way. You know, we, we, uh, we disobey God all the time. It offends him. You know, it upsets him when we disobey him. But yeah, he's still our God, okay? And uh, he's, not, he's not keeping malice with us. So don't take it so personal when you say something and then somebody decides to do something else. Okay, just we, we need to learn to respect people's decision. That's the first decision we need to make. And secondly, we need to decide that we will not let any man make decisions for us. It, you see, it's, it's, a, it's a coin with two sides. Don't decide for people. Don't let people decide for you. I respect men of God. I honor men of God. But um, I'm not going to let anybody make decisions for me. You know, Bishop Oyedepo, when he received the vision for living faith, he met a man of God called Pa Elton. Pa Elton was, uh, you know, it was like he was like uh, Samuel in those days. They said his word never fell to the ground. He was a very prophetic man. I mean, they said he would minister to people over the phone and amputated arms would be growing out. He was really anointed. Bishop Oyedepo went and met him. He says this story, but he doesn't call his name, okay? But, um, you know, people that have been with him way back. They know it's Pa Elton. Pa Elton was, a, I think he was a British missionary or so. Okay. And and he told, he told the man that, you know, God has asked me to do this and that and that and that. You know, like they say, you know, when you receive a vision, go and submit it for scrutiny to, you know, greater men of God. You know, the truth is a lot of persons have lost their ministry in so doing. I am not saying we should not be answerable to people. You know, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying we shouldn't be answerable to people. I am not saying we should not submit to authority, but we should know where to draw the line. Do not play God in the life of anybody, and don't let anybody play God in your life. This is very important. I have seen people that God gave them an assignment. They go and meet this man of God, and the man of God tells them, you know, don't do it. And then they don't do it because they respect the voice of a man more than the voice of God. Well, yes, God is going to hold that man accountable for misleading you, but God is also going to hold you even more accountable for not listening to him directly. So we need to understand this. Now, Bishop Oedepo went and met Pa Elton, and Pa Elton told him, you are not called. He told him that you are not called. And Bishop Oedipo, you know, he looked at the man and he grabbed, uh, you know, Mama Faith, who they were, <laughs> they, were, they were dating at that time, you know, and he grabbed her by, by the hand and said, you know, let's go. And he told the man that, well, we will see if God has called me or not. And according to Bishop Oedipo, he said before the man died, he saw. Okay, so the truth is this. Uh, you know, there was something I wrote down. Uh, I said, God does not owe it to you. To talk to someone else about you he owes it to you to talk to you about you 
I'll say it again. God does not owe it to you to talk to someone else about you. He owes it to you to talk to you about you. And there are certain details in your life that God will never reveal to anybody else. If you don't understand, I see, it doesn't matter how anointed the prophet is. It doesn't matter if you can see the past, present, and future. I am telling you that there are certain details in your life that God has sealed and it is going to be revealed to only you. So if you don't learn to crack the code to be able to hear from God for yourself, there are certain things you will, no matter how anointed the prophet is, God will not show them. Because this is your life, okay? Even though God can reveal certain things through prophets, there are certain details. You know, it's just like the life of Jesus Christ. There were so many things that were prophesied about him. So many things that were prophesied about him. Daniel prophesied about him. Isaiah, uh, Moses talked about him, you know. Uh, David talked about him. All the prophets talked about Jesus Christ one way or the other. But there were still certain details that were left out. And they were left for only Jesus Christ. So this is important for us to know. So for those of us that think if we gather enough prophets and we take from here a little, there a little, there a little, we'll be able to get the whole counsel of God for our lives. Trust me, what you will get will be confusion. What you will get will be confusion. I have had prophets that I respect very much and three, four of them telling me different things about the same thing. You know, at the end of the day, if you are not careful, you can get confused. And these people are well-meaning. These people are genuinely anointed. Okay. But I am telling you, there are certain things if you don't learn to hear from God for yourself, he will not tell anybody else. He's waiting for you to come so that I can tell you. See, there are messages that can be sent through people, but there are messages that can only be delivered face to face, mouth to mouth. Okay, so um, it is important that we realize this, okay? God deals with all his children in a unique way. He wants to have a father-child relationship, you know, with everybody. And, uh, you know, there are certain things your father can send your brother to tell you, or your father can send your neighbor to tell you, or your father, you know, let's say maybe you are in school and your father wants to send a message. You know, there are certain things you can send somebody, say, okay, tell my son this one. But there are certain things that no matter, you know, what, he's going to wait until he can see you. It's just like... Uh, you, you hear people say things like, dude, this thing is not, uh, is not something that, you know, it's not even a phone matter till we see face to face. There are certain dimensions of conversation that can only happen with a degree of proximity and intimacy. So we need to understand this. We need to understand this. Okay. God wants to have a father-child relationship with all his children. And, you know, for those of us that have siblings, you know that your mode of communication is, you know, the, the way you relate with your parents might not be the same way your brother and your sister relate with your parents. But all of you are children and your parents appreciate the uniqueness in all of your relationships. So it's important. Why am I saying this? God may not deal with all of us, you know, using the same patterns. Uh, me, for instance, of course, the primary way God leads every believer is through the inward witness. You know, that's the primary way through, you know, through our spirits and the spirit of God within us. That's the primary way God leads and will continue to lead every believer, even prophets. And you see, this is the, this is the reason. Let me, let me be honest with us. A lot of prophets that I have met that, you know, are very prolific with word of knowledge and stuff like that, and they can see into other people's lives. When it comes to their own lives, they can be very, very confused. I am telling you, 
with uh, with uh, with a lot of certainty. This is not a speculation. A lot of people, prophets, that I know that God uses to help people get clarity and direction. When it comes to their own lives, they are confused. You know why? Because when God wants to speak to you about your own life, he's not going to give you a word of knowledge. He expects you to hear from him like every other believer hears from him through the spirit of God in your spirit. And this has to be developed. This is not a gift of the spirit. This has to be developed. A gift of the spirit is given, you know, for service, for the profiting of all. So the gifts of the spirit is just like an anointed man, a healing minister, okay? You are laying hands on people and they are getting sick. If you become sick, you will need to exercise your faith to receive healing like everybody else. The healing anointing is not automatically going to minister to you. This is why we know so many healing ministers that died of sickness. Because, you see, you are going to have to learn to exercise your faith and receive from God like everybody else, even though you carry the anointing. It's the same way God can use you to direct and lead, you know, and instruct other people. But when it comes to your own life, you are going to have to learn to hear from God like everybody else. And that is through that inward witness or the inward voice. And you see, the problem is a lot of prophets or a lot of prophetic people depend so much on the gift that they really don't develop their spirit man and so you can see that when it comes to their own personal lives they can make some really um some really stupid decisions and then you'll be wondering and say ah what this guy sees now this guy you know god god has used him to guide me and to and to help me and to instruct me and to give me clarity how come he's making such poor choices it's because even though you are a prophet and you have the gifts of the spirit, you have the revelational gifts of the spirit, you still need to learn to hear from God uh, concerning your own life. So if you have not developed your spirit man to hear from God about your own life, even though God is using you to help other people with clarity, you are going to be very, very confused about your own life. Okay, so um, this is why it's important that we, 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 we really practice you know hearing from god and uh you know like like i was saying earlier there are there are different ways we've talked about some of them that god leads us primarily it is the inward witness and then the inward voice okay uh like we said the inward witness is is the is is like a uh uh, a red light or a green light okay it doesn't give you lots of details you just know you know it's just like peace in your spirit or trouble in your spirit you just know okay this is the right direction this is not the right direction okay but the inward voice on the other hand uh is the voice of the spirit speaking through your own human spirit okay and it's a lot more detailed this can actually give you a lot of information and revelation if you listen to it okay but then there are still other ways that god leads people for instance if you look through the bible daniel was a man that saw lots of visions Daniel saw lots of visions. Joseph, on the other hand, uh, Joseph never really saw a vision. He God, God spoke to him a lot through dreams. Okay, uh, Solomon was through dreams. David, on the other hand, David never really had a dream. David never really had an angel appear to. Okay, he saw an angel once, the, the one that was destroying Jerusalem. But you know, David, you know, always inquired of the Lord using the effort or the urim and the tumim. Okay, Moses, on the other hand, you know, the Bible speaking in Hebrews chapter uh, uh, in. Uh, Numbers chapter 12, where God was reprimanding Aaron and Miriam. He told them that, you know, if there's a prophet among you, I'll reveal myself to the person in dreams and in visions. But Moses is not like that. With Moses, I speak mouth to mouth. Okay. And uh, when we look at the life of Jesus, for example, there is no record of an angel coming to uh, give Jesus direction. There is no record of Jesus seeing a vision. There is no record of Jesus 
you know, of Jesus having dreams. There's no record of that. As a matter of fact, the two times that God spoke to Jesus in an audible voice, it was not for his benefit. It was for the benefit of those listening. You know, the first time was during the baptism where he says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You know, and then the second one was on the Mount of Transfiguration, on the Mount of Olives, where he says, this is my beloved son, hear ye him. And it was for the benefit of the people around, not for the benefit of uh, of Jesus per se. So, and we understand uh, from John chapter 15, verse 19, Jesus said, I do nothing except that which I do see my father do. I say nothing except that which I hear my father say. So Jesus was constantly being led by the Spirit of God. The question is, how? There's no record of him having dreams or visions. So it means that even Jesus had to depend on the Holy Spirit, on the Holy Spirit, on, you know, Jesus had to depend on, on listening from within, you know, listening from within. So if Jesus had to do that, and you know, um, I, I believe this very strongly that one of the reasons Jesus came to the earth of course, we know that the main reason is to destroy the works of the devil, and part of that plan was salvation and all of that. But one of the reasons he came was to also show us an example of how to live. You see, because if it was just to die and to shed his blood, then at, at birth, when Herod was looking for him, God would have allowed them to kill him, and it would have still been a pure sacrifice, right? As a matter of fact, a baby sacrifice is a very pure sacrifice. God would have allowed them to kill him. His blood would have still been shed. For the remission of sins okay but i believe that i mean jesus could have died as a teenager he could have he could have died at um, at the age of 20 he could have died without doing ministry but i believe god allowed him to do ministry for three and a half years to show us to show us an example of how to live and this is one of those areas where jesus showed us an example jesus was constantly being led by the holy spirit in john chapter 15 chapter 5 verses 19 and verse 30 uh, john chapter 6 verses 38 john chapter 12 verse 49 we see that jesus did not do anything on his own he only did that which he heard he only did that which he saw and it means that Jesus was always, you know, looking on the inward, you see. So that is the thing. We need to practice to look inside. When you want to hear from God, don't, don't, and we're going to, we're going to touch some of these things and then we'll probably continue tomorrow. You know, it, the problem a lot of times is we try to look outward. We try to look outward, um, but, but we are supposed to be looking inward. Okay, now there's, there's, there's something else that I want us to touch on before we look at uh, some of the things and people that try to lead us. Um, in in the in the Old Testament, you know, we 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 see a lot where it says there, you know, the word of the Lord came, or the word of the Lord came, and the word of the Lord came. You know, one of the ways that we are led that I didn't talk about is uh, by by the Spirit of God is actually the voice of the Holy Spirit directly. And sometimes this is so authoritative that it it might feel like you know like it's an audible voice now what is the difference between you know this and the holy spirit leading us through our spirits let's look at uh, acts chapter 13. i want us to see something in acts chapter 13 from verse 1. it says now they were in the church that was at antioch certain prophets and teachers as barnabas and simeon that was called niger and lucius of cyrene and manim which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. Now, the question is, who did the Holy Spirit speak to? 
who did the Holy Spirit speak to? I am sure, you know, some of us have been in meetings where somebody, somebody begins to say something prophetically and then other people are saying, yes, I heard the same thing. Yes, I heard the same thing. Yes, yes, I heard that too. In fact, you know, that is the Holy Spirit speaking. Okay, now this is not, uh, when, when the Holy Spirit speaks, sometimes, in fact, most times it can be to you alone. But um, at other times, when the Holy Spirit speaks, you know, several other persons can get the same message all at the same time. But um, so, so uh, apart from the, the inward witness and the inward voice, there is also the voice of the Holy Spirit. And then you hear things like, you know, the Spirit bade me, you know, the Spirit bade me go. Or, you know, the voice of the Lord came to so and so person. The voice of the Lord came to so and so person. Okay, it's actually the Spirit of God speaking. But um, remember what we said about the, the Old Testament saints. They heard from the Spirit of God, but it wasn't necessarily an audible voice. But we also know that this Holy Spirit was not in their spirits because they were not born again. Okay, so, um, but like I said, the, the voice of the Holy Spirit is... A lot more authoritative and uh, it's going to hit you you are going to know that this is not you by this is not you like this is not your head this is not even your spirit this is coming from you know this is this is coming from from somewhere else and someplace else okay so I just thought to uh, to touch on that briefly I want us to take a look at things and people that try to lead us it's a long list uh, and I will not rush it. If we don't finish today, we'll continue tomorrow. Things and people that try to lead us or try to influence our decisions. The first one, of course, like we've been, like we've been learning, is our human spirit. Uh, our our born-again human spirit. You can trust the leading of your spirit any day, any time. Because that is, the, that is the vessel that the Holy Spirit uses primarily to speak to us. The second one, which I just talked about, is the Holy Spirit, which, like I said, is a more authoritative voice. Uh, the Bible calls him in John chapter 16, verse 13, it says the spirit of truth. Let's, uh, let's read John chapter 16, verse 13, and then we'll read John chapter 14, verse 26. John 16, 13. Let's see what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. John chapter 16, verse 13. It says, uh, how be it when the spirit of truth is come he will guide you into all truth for he shall not speak of himself but so but whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak and he will show you things to come now let's look at john chapter 14 and verse 26 it says but the comforter which is the holy ghost whom the father will send in my name he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance <laughs> whatsoever i have said unto you now the truth is uh, i have experienced this a lot in my life and uh, those of us that have been walking with god and uh, you know learning to listen to the spirit there are times that the holy spirit will actually tell you go somewhere quiet i want to talk to you go somewhere quiet i want to talk to you you know and uh, there, there are times that I actually you, you can actually have conversations with the Holy Spirit. Now you, you can you can you can ask questions and you will receive answers and you will know that this is not you. You know, it's like an actual conversation and you, are, you, you, you don't have to open your mouth. Sometimes you, you open your mouth, but sometimes it's just your heart and then the Spirit of God. Okay. So the Spirit of God talks to us. And he talks to us, and you talk back to him, and he talks back to you. And so um this is this is uh, but a lot of times, you see, like I said, your mind has to be really quiet. Your mind has to be really quiet because when the Holy Spirit talks to you, he wants your attention, except he's just trying to prompt you to do something. Like Bishop Wedepo, his story, he said, 
actually that God, that the Spirit of God told him, you know, go somewhere quiet, I want to talk to you. And then he went and rented that hotel room and then where he had that, was it 16 or 18 hour long vision, you know. So um, the Spirit of God talks to us. As a matter of fact, uh, it seems that whenever I am in the bathroom, that is when the Holy Spirit, I don't know, there's something with me, the Holy Spirit and bathroom. Whenever I am in the bathroom, uh, the Holy Spirit speaks to me a lot, you know, and sometimes he may just be talking to me about a scripture. Sometimes he may be talking to me about something he wants me to do or something that I am doing that I shouldn't be doing, you know. Um, but I, I notice that whenever I'm in the bathroom or I am sitting on the toilet seat, I don't know why. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's because at that time, all my other senses are really not very active. And so I, I just don't know. I don't know if anybody else is exper experiences that, but for some strange reasons, the Holy Spirit speaks to me a lot in the bathroom. Uh, okay, so I said number one, are human spirits. Number two, the Holy Spirit. Um, number three, we're going to dwell here a little bit and we'll trust God to help us, is fear. Fear um influences people's decisions anything that can influence your decision is leading you the bible says in second timothy chapter 1 verse 7 that for god has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind okay so fear is a spirit just like the holy spirit can lead us fear the spirit of fear can also lead us let's take a look at uh let's take a look at hebrews chapter 2 verses 14 and 15 Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. It says, uh, For as much then, as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. You see, Fear um, leads us into bondage. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a few things, and if we will be honest and we will uh, you know examine our lives, we will see that a lot of decisions that we have made at points in our lives have been motivated by fear. Now, there, there are certain things we need to understand about fear. Fear is not fear makes your mind unsound. In other words, fear is not rational. Um, fear is not is not reasonable. Um, when people act in fear, they don't even act based on reason. Why? Because it is a spirit. Just like the Holy Spirit expects us not to act based on our understanding, fear also, um, you know, help makes people not to act based on their understanding. There are a few things I wrote down. Um, being led by the spirit of truth liberates. Being led by the spirit of fear keeps people in bondage. Fear is the devil's way of misleading us. Just as the Spirit of God can only lead us through faith, Satan needs the weapon of fear to be able to lead us. The enemy is always preparing traps. He cannot force you into it, but he can lead you into it through fear or bad choices. Now let's take a look at uh, a scripture in Matthew chapter 14 from verse 23. Let's take a look at the story. It's a story we all know, but I want us to just take a look at something. Matthew chapter 14 from verse 23. You know, I said fear makes your mind unsound. Fear makes you irrational. Matthew chapter 14 from verse 23. And when he had sent his disciples away, he went up into a mountain apart. Okay, let's just, uh, let's go to 24. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went in unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled 
saying it is a spirit and they cried out for fear but straightway jesus spake unto them saying be of good cheer it is i be not afraid and peter answered him and said lord if it be thou bid me come and unto thee uh, bid me come unto thee on the water and he said come and when peter was come down out of the ship he walked on the water to go to jesus now look at verse 30 but when he saw the wind boisterous he was afraid and beginning to sink he cried saying lord save me now the question is this what did the wind have to do with peter walking on water you see that that's the problem with fear it doesn't make us think because if you think about it even if that water had been very calm and there was no wind would peter have been able to walk on the water the question is the answer is no can you walk on a swimming pool water where there's no storm the answer is no okay but now there is wind and this guy is no longer thinking he's no longer being rational that okay my walking on this water right now has nothing to do with the wind or a storm or whether there's a calm and anything like that you know it has to do with the power of god that was released from the words of jesus christ but at that point in time he was no longer rational when he saw the wind boisterous okay if it was on a very calm day would you have been able to walk on water on your own you see so the thing is when, when you look at the decisions that people make based on fear they are apart from the fact that they are not uh, spirit-led they are not even rational but believe me um, if, if we are going to look at our lives and we are going to look at some of the decisions that we have made and if we are going to be honest we will you know we will admit that that fear has influenced us a lot of times you, you see for instance let's say um there is there is recession or there's there's financial trouble in a certain place and you have property there okay and then because everybody's selling out of panic you too decide to sell your property out of panic meanwhile at that point in time it's possible the holy spirit is leading you towards buying instead of selling okay but because of fear and panic you have made a decision and you are going with what everybody else is doing just because you are afraid um, Kenneth Copeland said there was a time he had some stock and uh, the Holy Spirit told him to sell. The Holy Spirit told him to sell. And it was, it was a time where people were, I mean, it, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a good time to sell because the price was still going up. Okay. And then he called the stockbroker and said, okay, you know what, sell. And the stockbroker said, no, maybe we should wait a few weeks. The, you know, the market is still good. It's still going up. And he said, no, sell. The Lord told me, sell. Do you want me to find someone else to do it? Sell. Okay. And the stockbroker sold. The next week, the market crashed. It crashed so bad that the stockbroker told Kenneth Copeland that of all the people that I represent, you were the only person that made profit from those stocks. And we've seen some of these things happen in the reverse. You know, people are panicking that the market is crashing and they are selling and they are selling and they are selling. And then suddenly it rebounds. And then you begin to look stupid for the decision that you have made okay but people are being led by fear so much people have gone into marriages because they are afraid that um if i don't marry this one someone else might not come uh you know crazy decisions you, you know you can you can think in your own life of people around you people that have made made decisions just because they were afraid say ah, men are no longer coming no men are long, no, no longer coming this one has come even though your heart is telling you that this is a wrong relationship just ah, 
for the last three years, nobody has said hello to me. This one now has come with a ring and is proposing. If I say no now, can I wait another three years for another one to come? Ah, no, I am going to marry this guy. Okay. So, um, we're going to the next point now. So, number one, I said our human spirit, number two, I said the Holy Spirit, number three, I talked about fear. We must resist. We must resist the urge to be led by fear. As a matter of fact, um, don't even allow your prayer life to be led by fear. You know, there are some people that go to church because of fear. The reason they are praying and fasting is because they are afraid. Like I've been telling us, if Satan is warning you that he's going to kill you, it's proof that he cannot kill you. Because if he could, he would have already. So if Satan tells you, I'm going to kill you, ask him, why haven't you done it already? You know, just ask him, okay, you're going to kill me, why haven't you done it already? Because no worthy adversary is going to trade the element of surprise to warn their opponent. Satan does not like you, doesn't love you. So if he's warning you, it's not because he wants you to be careful. It's because he's trying to plant the seed of fear in your heart to now open the road for him to be able to attack. So please don't, uh, I, I know people that, that have done crazy things, you know. Um, uh, somebody says, you know, sow a seed or something is going to happen to you. And it's not because you are led. It's because you are afraid that something might happen to you and then you do it. There are so many things, so many decisions that we make in our lives because we are afraid something might happen if we don't do it. Not really because we are led. Be led in everything you do. Be led. It doesn't matter what the situation around you is saying. Make sure that you are led. Number four, another thing that leads us is our thinking and our understanding. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse, verses 5 and 6, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not your own understanding, in your, all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path, which means there is a possibility and there is a tendency to lean on to our own understanding. It does not matter how much you know, there is so much more that you don't know. Okay, always remember that you don't have all the facts. Always remember that you don't have all the facts. It doesn't matter, you know, it's... Um, you know, it, it's just like uh, you want to get married to somebody and then your family say, you know, they start asking you all the questions. Where is she from? Or where is he from? Uh, you know, what does he do? What does she do? This, that, 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 that. Why? They are asking all of these questions. And a lot of times, it's not just to gain understanding. It's because they are asking these questions because they want to use these facts to, to make, to make uh, decisions. And you see, let me tell you something. I am sure we all know this. Every part of the country, there are terrible people. There are bad people from every part of the country. I have seen very wonderful people from Edo State. I have seen very terrible people from Edo State. I have seen very wonderful Igala people. I have seen very terrible Igala people. I have seen very wonderful Ibira people. I have seen some really horrible Ibira people. Everywhere in the world, you will see nice... I have seen nice Americans. I have seen terrible Americans. I have seen nice British people. I have seen nice Germans. Everywhere in the world, you will get good and bad people. It is not a race problem. It is not an ethnicity problem. It is not a gender problem. It is a human problem. The Bible says that the heart of man is desperately wicked above all and, and deceitful above all things. Who can know it? Okay. So wickedness is a human thing. It is not a say, ah, acquired born people are terrible. No, no, no. You, you that is talking, your people also are terrible. Okay. But from everywhere in the world, you will see great people and you will see terrible people. And so you know, just just to say, ah, okay, where is she from? She's from so so and so place. Ah, there are wonderful people there. You can marry from there. And you'll be shocked. This person will deal with you. Okay. And I've seen people marry from places that they say, ah, those people from that place are terrible. And they're having a wonderful time. 
they're having a great time you see so it is we, we must we must uh we must be very 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 careful when we make these kinds of decisions based on because it doesn't matter what you know there is still so much as a matter of fact there is much more that you don't know than what you actually think you know and this is where we need to humbly ask the holy spirit to direct us to lead us to guide us and not say ah i know those people people from there no 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 or i know that family i've seen families that every other person was really horrible and then one person just comes out from that family and is like the person is an angel and i've also seen families that you know everybody's nice and then there's just one black sheep there so you cannot judge based on all of these parameters you cannot this is why we need to trust the holy spirit because you don't know what part of the lot you are going to get if you judge based on your understanding Okay, so it is very important. Gather facts, process information, but don't depend on them to make your choices. Depend on the Holy Spirit. Depend on the Holy Spirit. Depend on the Holy Spirit. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, people are saying, I go to America, I go to America. There are people that have gone to America and it worked out really well for them. And there are people that have gone to America and it did not work out very well for them. You see, so we should stop using statistics, you know, Processing information, uh, you know, what did this person say, what what did this person say, what did this person say. You know, you, you now gather all of the statistics and say, okay, based on statistics, the people that make this decision, about 70% of them are going to be all right. You don't know if you are going to be that 30% that will not be all right. You don't know. <laughs> all right. So, um, so that's number four. Number five, let's not make decisions based on emotions or, or feelings. A strong feeling can also be very wrong. Um, Jesus was never led by emotions. Jesus was led by compassion or he was moved by compassion. Not led by compassion. He was moved by compassion. But he was never led by emotions. So we need to be very careful simply because uh, somebody is appealing to your emotions or simply because somebody is crying does not mean you should do a thing. Or or simply because uh, something makes you happy doesn't mean you should do it. We need to be very, very, very careful about it. That it feels good doesn't mean it's God. That it feels bad doesn't mean it's the devil. We need to be very, very, very careful about being feeling led. You know, we talked about this in in a little more details in the previous teachings. Okay, and another thing, number six. I just want to see how far we can go on this list. Like I said, please feel free to ask questions if you have any questions. Number six, don't be need-led. Don't be need-led. In other words, uh, simply because... There is a need somewhere. It doesn't mean you should be doing it. Simply because you can doesn't mean you should. Okay? God, think of God, for instance. When you look at the world, there's so much need going on. There are people that need healing. There are people that need prosperity. There are people that need all sorts of things. But God is not being needled. He has principles. Okay? It's the same way we cannot be needled. Stop trying to play God. You cannot meet the needs in everybody's life. We need to understand this. We need to understand this. You cannot meet the need in everybody's life. So uh, when they say there's a need here and then you automatically feel like you need to do something about it. No, be led. Be led. Be led. Okay? Number seven. I like this one. Don't be opportunity led. (laughs) You know, this is for, for most of us that are career people. Don't be opportunity led. A lot of us have taken jobs simply because there was an opening, not really because we were led by the Spirit of God to do so. I wrote some things down. Simply because a door is shut doesn't mean that God did not lead you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9, Paul said that a great door and an effectual has been opened unto us, but there are many adversaries. 
um, in, in Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 24, the Bible says that, you know, um, uh, I have given you the land of Sihon, king of the Amorites. Go and begin to contend with him in battle. God said, I have given it to you. But still, he said, go and contend for it in battle. So simply because God says it is yours does not mean it's going to fall down on your laps. And simply because God says it's not yours doesn't mean an opportunity is not going to present itself. Bishop Oedeko likes to put it this way. Not every door is God's door. Some of them are traps in disguise. Okay, so I wrote some things down. Uh, a door being opened does not mean it is God. Don't use the opening or closing of a door to determine the will of God in a situation. God can say go and the door is shut. God can also say don't go and the door is open. God can lead you and you will still face resistance. That is why Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18, that the prophecy that has been given to you, use it to war a good warfare. Use it as ammunition in your arsenal. Why? Because God can say, this thing belongs to you, but there are going to be forces that are going to try to stop you from getting it. Okay, so we, we need to stop using, we need to stop saying, uh, you know, God, if, if that job is mine, let me get it. No, stop that. Stop that. You know, because you may get the job and it's not really the, the will of God for you to get it. We need to be very, very, very careful with, um, in using outward manifestations to determine if it is God speaking to us. You need to listen from the inside and not from the outside. Let's stop fleecing. Let's stop using outward uh, displays and manifestations. Say, okay, uh, God, if that lady is mine, let her buy me a Coke. If that lady is my wife, let her buy me a Coke. I mean, there may have been some people that did it and got away with it, out of the mercy of God. But I am saying that you can, that there is a bigger chance that you will get, get it wrong if you, if you are led by these things. Okay, out of God's mercy, sometimes He can just forgive your ignorance and then just help you. Okay, but I am saying it's not a guaranteed way. It's not a guaranteed way and it's not a recommended or accredited way for God to lead us. So please... Um, easy is not always God. Hard is not always not God. Sometimes God, you know, will, will I, you know, Satan offered Jesus the kingdoms of the world, and all Jesus had to do was bow. Bowing was easy. Bowing was very easy. Going to the cross was not. But was it the will of God for Jesus to go to the cross? Yes, it was. But it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. So you see, um, we need to be very, very, very careful. Uh, simply because an opportunity presents itself doesn't mean that God is in it. And simply because, okay, let me let me tell us this story. Jerry Savelle said God told him one time that there was a parcel, there was a big uh, parcel of land, and God told him that He was going to give him that land, and He will pay whatever He wants to pay for that land. And a few weeks later, he saw it on the newspaper that a company had bought the land, and so he took the newspaper and showed it to God and. He said, Lord, you told me you were going to give me that land, but see. And God said, I don't read newspapers. He said, I told you I'll give you that land. I am giving you that land. Long story short, within a, uh, within a few months or years, the land had uh, passed on to about three or four different owners. The people that bought it the first time, you know, they bought it from the government, whether they couldn't pay the lien or they couldn't, something. They, they sold it and, uh, you know, the government sold it to someone else and sold it to someone else and sold it to someone else. And then finally, the government said, okay, um, they, they, they reached out to Jerry Savelle and said, okay, we're, we're trying to sell off this property. We're trying to get it off our books. Uh, you seem to be the only one developing properties around this region that is not going bankrupt. Every other person that has tried, they are going bankrupt. So, will you buy it? 
And Jerry Savelle said, yes, that he would buy it. And, you know, they said, okay, make us an offer. But just so you know, the land is worth uh, about three, $1.3 million. Uh, that is the, the basic, this thing minus other charges and stuff like that. So they were expecting at least make, a, make, make an offer of at least $1.5 million. But Jerry Savelle said, you know, because he already had the word of the Lord concerning that thing, he said, when he prayed about it, he made them an offer and he told his lawyer, tell them I'm paying 200000 and, and when the lawyer called them, called the office, and the lawyer told them, do you believe in miracles? They said, that this is a government organization, we don't believe in miracles. And he said, well, I believe in miracles, and we are offering you $200,000. And they were like, come on, that this is ridiculous. That you know, the, the guy that picked the phone said, I am not even going to tell, talk to my superiors about this. You know? And then the next day, the lawyer, they, they, they rang the lawyer, and the person that called the lawyer said, you know what, we now believe in miracles. That the government had approved the sale of that land with the full mining rights of any minerals that might be on the land with the lien removed every other bill and everything was in that two hundred thousand dollars guess what when jerry Savelle took possession of that land he discovered that there were gas wells on that land gas wells on that land and so the government now or or rather uh, uh gas industries uh gas mining in the, i don't know what they're they, they are paying him royalty for mining gas on his land. All he had to do was buy the land. And he's receiving millions of dollars annually from that land. You see, but the thing is, God told him, I am giving you that land. I am going to pay anything you want for it. And for a few years, and between about three or four different buyers, it looked like, okay, God, what are you saying here? You told me this is mine. But look at it in someone else's hand. You see, so we need to be very careful when we are being... You know, led by opportunities. God told the children of Israel, I am giving you Canaan. But there were giants in the land. There were giants in the land. Okay, so simply because it's vacant doesn't mean you should occupy it. And simply because it is occupied doesn't mean it is not your possession. This is the danger with being opportunity-led because you just see every opportunity as, oh, wow, this opportunity has presented itself. I cannot turn it down. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Who told you that? Who told you? Was it God that told you it's once in a lifetime? We need to be very, very, very careful about these things. Okay, and then we will take one more today. Uh, don't be people-led. We've talked about this briefly before, but I want to talk about it again. You see, the problem is sometimes we want to make decisions and we, uh, we, we try to speak to as many people as possible. And try to sample opinions like we are, you know, like we are conducting an election and we are like we are sampling opinions, okay? And uh, sometimes it's that there, I know certain persons that no matter what, if so 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 and so person tells them this is what you do, that is what they do. It's okay to honor people, it's okay to respect people, it's okay to have people, um, people, you know, in authority that you submit to. But remember what I said earlier never make decisions for people and never let anybody make decisions for you it doesn't matter who the person is even god does not make decisions for us he lays the facts bare and then he lets us make the decisions do not anybody that wants to make decisions for you it doesn't matter who they are it doesn't matter how well-meaning they are they are trying to control you it's a controlling spirit okay it's a controlling spirit and we we must uh, we must be very 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 careful about that
and, and there's, there's a lot of witchcraft and manipulation and controlling spirits in the body of Christ. So it could be a father, it could be a mother, it could be a sibling, it could be an uncle, and aunt, it could be a friend, it could be a pastor. We need to be very careful. Do not be led by people. I am not saying don't listen to people. I am not saying don't listen to good counsel. But at the end of the day, there must be a witness in your spirit. If there is no witness in your spirit, don't do it. Let's look at Micah chapter 7 and verse 5. It says, Trust ye not in a friend, put ye not confidence in a guide. Keep the doors of thy mouth from her that lieth in thy bosom. Trust ye not in a friend, put ye not confidence in a guide. Okay? Uh, Jesus puts it this way. He says that uh, the blind leading the blind. Sometimes the people that are trying to direct you, I mean, look at their own lives. Look at their own lives. They are, they are decisions that they need directions themselves. You know, so we need to be very, very, very careful. I know some of us, you know, it, it's easy for people to say submit, submit when when they want you to submit to them. A lot of the people that are shouting submission are not submitting to anybody. You know, um, any genuine man of God would let you make your own decisions. Anybody that is trying to make decisions for you is controlling you or is trying to control you and you need to resist it. Because at the end of the day, God is going to hold you accountable for your decisions. God is going to hold you accountable for your decisions. I know people that, uh, you know, they, they wanted to marry somebody. Their father said no. Their mother said no. And, uh, you know, their parents said this is who you should marry. And then they married to please their parents and they are miserable. Am I saying, you know, disobey your parents? Yeah. Look, at the end of the day, we are all adults, right? And we need to be smart about it because you do what your parents want. Give or take another 20, 30 years, your parents will be out of this world. You will continue to live with the consequences of the decisions that they made for you. What am I saying? I am not saying obey anybody. I am not saying disobey anybody. I am saying be led. If what your parents or your pastor or anybody is telling you is contrary to the leading of the Holy Spirit that you have in your heart, disregard. Yes, disregard. Respectfully, or disregard okay we have seen people get into so much trouble so much trouble by listening to uh, what somebody said say no break up that relationship or no you have no right to tell somebody to break up the relationship you have no right to do that i mean if, if you have kids of course you have to make decisions for them because they don't have enough sense to make decisions for themselves but uh, there's a point people grow to and you need to begin to learn to let them make their own decisions you need to learn to make people, you know, and respect their decisions, whether you like it or not, whether, you know, it's good or bad. We need to learn to respect people's decisions and we need to teach people also to respect our decisions. You know, I know people that cannot make a decision for themselves. They must ask somebody, you know, and they think uh, the Bible says that in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. But you see, we are taking it out of context. It didn't say in a multitude of guides, there is safety. Counsel is different. Counsel is different from guide. Okay, try to imagine now you are going somewhere. It happened a lot in Lagos, for those of us that may have lived in Lagos. Before the days of GPS, you get to Lagos and you ask somebody, please, I'm going to so-and-so place. And the person will tell you, you know, follow here, you go see one mechanic for there, follow here, follow here, follow here. And then you walk a little bit and it's not looking. And then you ask another person, and then the person tells you, you know, for, no, 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 I will tell you, may follow here. The person know they think, no, you follow here, follow here, follow here. By the time you've asked three or four persons, at the end of the day, you are very, 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 very confused. We are very, very, very confused. So there's a difference between counsel and guide. 
Yes, in the multitude of counselors, there is safety because you see, this has to do with understanding, this has to do with gathering information. But at the end of the day, when it comes to making decisions for our lives, we need to be led, we need to let the Holy Spirit guide us because every human, uh, every human per permutation and every human reasoning is flawed. So, um, said we can be led through our spirit, we can be led through the Holy Spirit speaking to us directly. Uh, we can be led by fear, fear of either the known or fear of the unknown. Okay, but it's, it's very dangerous to be led by fear. As a matter of fact, more people are led by even the fear of the unknown than fear of the known, you know, and don't uh, we, we must not succumb to it. And then, of course, we are led by our understanding and our thinking, statistics, permutations, you know. Uh, a lot of people are led by emotions and feelings. You see this a lot in relationships. Or not just in relationships. I know people that, uh, you know, have had people fired because they were angry or they've ended relationships because they were angry. So when we say emotions, we're not just talking about the positive ones. We're also talking about the negative ones, you know. Uh, the Bible says, be angry, but let, don't let your anger cause you to sin, okay? In other words, don't make decisions while you're angry. It's very, very, very important. Don't... Okay, uh, let me take a question. Big man is asking, but can our spirit and understanding mislead us? Our spirit, if your spirit is born again, if you are born again, your spirit will not mislead you. Because your spirit is in sync with the spirit of God. But your understanding will most likely mislead you. Okay? That's why the Bible says, let's trust in the Lord with our hearts and not lean on our own understanding because our understanding will mislead us. But our spirit, our renewed human spirit will not mislead us. The only time we will be misled is when we are getting the signals from our spirit modeled up with what is in our heads. And this is why, you know, we talked the day before yesterday about training our spirit man, okay? It's a continuous thing. You don't train your spirit man and then you stop training it. No, it's a continuous thing. It's like eating. It's like exercising. Uh, you, you don't just exercise and then it doesn't matter how how fit you are if you stop exercising for a long time you will begin to look funny again okay I've seen some retired footballers with pot bellies okay because they stopped exercising all right so it, it's something that we have to keep doing and we have to keep doing but we have to keep training our spirit man to be to be uh, to be sharp to be precise you need to understand it is not the signal that is coming from our spirit that is flawed it is the processing in our mind that is flawed okay it is the processing in our mind that is flawed that is where the problem usually is and that is why we need to train our spirit man and we need to use the word of god to separate between the soul and the spirit so that you can be able to distinctly tell that this is my spirit speaking this is my mind speaking okay so um it, it's ah yes yes that's right Yes, Job said there is a spirit in man, the spirit, the, uh, uh, but the inspiration of the the inspiration of the Almighty gives him understanding. Yes, so um, our spirit can be trusted and should be trusted. Okay, our spirits can and should be trusted. It is our mind that we cannot trust because it is very, very, very limited. And this is why even sometimes you may have gathered a lot of information about something. And your spirit is leading you the other way. Why? Because your spirit knows things that your head does not know. You've gathered information and in your mind, in your head, it's like this is good to do, but you're feeling very uneasy about it. 
Okay, it's because your spirit knows things that your head does not know. Okay, you know. So um, there, there are so there are so many examples. I, I just can't go into go into all of them today. Tomorrow we will we will run through the, the the remaining things on the list, and then we will do a recap, and then we'll look at other areas, other ways that God, you know, that God can lead us through dreams, through visions, through the Rhema word, through a song, you know, and through the flow of thoughts. I think you're going to find it very interesting. But uh, we'll leave it for tomorrow. It's going to be very very interesting. Okay, big man is asking that, but uh, must we always? But must we always subject the leadings of our spirit to the leadings of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. The leadings of our spirit, again, if you are born again, is already in sync with the Holy Spirit. Okay? Primarily because the Holy Spirit lives in our spirits. He is the one that sends the signals to our spirits. Okay? So, um, our, spirits, our spirits cannot lead us uh, contrary to the direction that the Holy Spirit is is going so this is why it is one of the ways that the holy spirit leads us through our spirits okay so he speaks to our spirits and then we receive the signal so but the thing is if we have not trained our spirits he can drop a signal in our spirits and we won't pick it up why because we have not trained our spirits so when uh when when it's your spirit it will it will actually be like you are talking to yourself but you know that this is not your head this is the real you the inner you the 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 uh, like like paul said you know that you'll be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man that inner man uh peter calls it the inward man of the uh, is it the inward man the inward man of the heart i can't remember anyway uh, so there's that there's that man on the inside there that that you can always trust if you are born again yes you can always 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 trust it because it is in it is in sync and it is in alignment with the spirit of god uh, big man is asking how do we separate the voice of our spirit from our understanding it's the same you know it's the same same way you know when i said about how to train the human spirit you can train we can train our human spirit to the point that when we hear something we will know you know it's like uh you know okay let me put it this way big man you are you are an audio engineer right you've trained your ears to the point that when you are listening to when you are for a lot of persons when they listen to music they don't think left and right they just think i am listening to music but you when you listen to music because you have trained your ears you can pick what is sounding in the left side you can pick what is sounding you know on the right side you can pick what instrument is panned in this direction you can pick what instrument is panned in that direction now you can do this but a lay person that has not been trained cannot do it you can separate an entire mix with your ears in your head Okay, but every other person cannot do that. Why can you do this? You were not born like this. You were trained and you trained with practice, with listening and listening and listening. And now you can separate things. I mean, there are people that can hear a frequency. I cannot do it because I've not trained, trained my ears to do that. But I, you know, there are people that can hear frequencies and you can say, this is the frequency that is ringing. And they, and they will be very accurate about it. You know, so, but it's training. It's the same way with the things of the spirit. Okay. It's, it's a product of training. We train our spirit man to the point that we can now clearly separate our mind, understanding, reasoning, rationale. We can, uh, uh, you know, all logic, all of that, we can clearly separate it from the Spirit of God. This doesn't happen in a day. It takes time, it takes discipline, it takes work. 
okay but just the same way right now because you have invested time you have used discipline you have used work you can use your ears and separate a mix the same way in the spiritual you can use your spirit <laughs> and separate separate the mix you know in your in your in your mind and your spirit and all of that so yeah it takes time it takes discipline it takes practice <laughs> well the spirit the <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Akko. The, the spirit training, like I said, um, the word, meditate, uh, study the word, meditate on the word, practice the word, practice obedience, instant obedience, instant, the instant promptings you get, practice it, and then pray in the spirit and then fast, okay? Uh, these are things that, the problem is sometimes people think, all I need to do is do this once, you know, do a seven-day fast and then I'm good, but no, um, there has to be consistency. It has to be a lifestyle, you know. And then you get to a point, you just master it.